Dents and Scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Local Legends. And tonight on our Local Legends uh, series, we've got Chris Flavel, um, a name that is very synonymous around the bowls community, but uh, we we're lucky enough to have him tonight. We had Wayne Jackson, the CEO of the AFL last week, and we've got an Olympic medalist tonight, a Commonwealth Game medalist, sorry, tonight. Welcome, Chris. Welcome aboard, Chris. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, we'll, we'll start from the beginning. Uh, how did you get into the sport of lawn bowls? Um. I was brainwashed as a child. Um, both um, <laughs> sets of grandparents and father played. So as a little tacker, I had no option but to go down the bowls club and watch dad play and the grandparents play and then got sick of watching at some point. So thought I'd uh, take it up at the age of 10. That's a pretty young age to be uh, starting on the green, but uh, in those days, but today that's that's pretty much the norm, isn't it? Uh, today, yeah, like a lot of you see a lot of kids getting around, and normally the better you, the better you are, the younger you are. So, um, yeah, for, for when I started, it was a bit of an you know, odd choice, and definitely got a fair few um, jobs at school for it. But um, yeah, I think it's pretty, it's paid <laughs> it's off. Pay, it's paid off in the end, yeah. Absolutely. What uh, what club did you start at, mate? Uh, Port Pirie Bowling Club, so two and a bit hours north of Adelaide. So. Out in the sticks, out in the bush. Yeah. And uh, obviously first game was with Dad or not, uh, or the grandparents? Uh, I think it would have been the grandfather, yeah. Um, Dad wouldn't have been playing Div 7 at that point. He still would have been playing top divisions. So, yep. um, yeah, it took me a little bit to get to play with him, but yeah, definitely played the first game with grandfather. Oh, fantastic. And uh, just to let our listeners know that don't know a whole lot about lawn bowls, uh, what was your starting position in the team, mate? On the mat, leader, mate. Yep. Most players in bowls. Have, <laughs> most players have to uh, start at the lead position, don't they? Yeah, you got to you got to blood yourself, earn the respect at the front. You got to prove you can roll roll something straight before you can roll something that bends. I suppose that's a pretty good way of putting it, mate. Uh, mate, uh, how long were you at uh, Port Pirie for? Port Pirie Bowling Club. Probably a grand total of fifteen years. I oh, wow. moved down to Adelaide until I was in my mid twenties for work. So. Yeah, it was fairly loyal. Oh, fantastic. And uh, which club did you end up at uh, down here in Adelaide, mate? Uh, so joined Lockleys when I moved down here and currently still there, but I had a bit of a holiday at Paynham in between. So, yeah, 
Fantastic. Mate, uh, the last couple of years have been uh, some boom years for yourself. Uh, just explain to the listeners what's been going on uh, for yourself personally as far as the Jackaroos or para-Jackaroos squad. Yeah, um, obviously got you know, the whole build-up to obviously 2022 Birmingham. So I've been lucky enough to be part of the para-Jackaroos setup since 2016, 2017. Um, missed out on 2018 Gold Coast, but um, was still in the system. So, um, Chris, had, not... so what's the bit there of qualifying in that regard, disability wise? Or you know, I don't mean to be rude. Hopefully, it doesn't come yeah, yeah. across like that. So, yeah. So, what what qualifies? And are there are there different gradings and that sort of thing for probably people out there like myself who aren't experts uh, in that yeah. regard, mate. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not rude at all, mate. We probably it's probably easier if someone asks us into making assumptions. But uh, so in the power power space, you have visu- visually impaired and physically disabled. So I'm part of the, the physically disabled group. Yep. And um, we have a bit of a, a grading system, a bit like you would have like in other para sports, like wheelchair basketball, yep. um, you know, para soccer. You know, the list goes on, and normally that's. Um, a range of things, whether it's limb impairment, limb loss, um, or if you've got a you know congenitive condition or you know um, a genetic one like I do, um, you, there's a few bench tests that you have to go through to you know, assess your range of impairment, and then you get classified into a few groups ranging from in bowls it starts at B8, which is your least impaired, all the way down to B5 in the physical which would be you know, mostly wheelchair-bound, like quadriplegics. Yep. And then you go to blind, which starts at B4 and then goes down to B1, which, which is basically total total black blackout blind. And is there much debating over the gradings and that, and that side of thing? And can that be controversial? Can it be a person try and get graded in a different grade than what they should be? And Yeah, um, obviously... It does cause debate even amongst the athletes a little yeah, bit because that's what I was um, to phrase, yes. Yeah, like obviously there's there's a lot of tests that you have to go through and you know, you have to prove medical records to for them to assess you. Um you know, good good example would be the B seven category, which I'm part of, um, which you know, ranges for me that, you know, you know, would say physically able on a bowling green pretty well. Like, you know, I'm impaired in a way. Like, um, I'm not, you know, a spry chicken or anything anymore, but um, it goes all the way down to wheelchair users within that one category. And that can, um, it can range from a different things. It, a lot of it comes down to how much balance or movement you've actually got versus okay. how much strength you got. It's all, it's all, all these qualifiers. Like, the, yeah. the, like a really good example for that would be my pair's partner in Birmingham, um, Damo from the Gold Coast. He's he was also classified as a B seven sitting in a chair, but within our squad we also have got a um, a bowler who is a B six, and both of them virtually have the same yeah, impairment. They've both lost a lost a leg for, above the knee, um, but depending on how the amputation or that worked, um, one of the guys can still use a prosthetic and, and bowls upright, but because he bowls upright, he's Less stable, so therefore he gets downgraded. Yep. Where Damo sits in a chair, he technically gains balance with with the use of the chair, so yeah, he kind of yep. bumps up a grade. So there's a lot of those little things that you know, if you're looking at from from, um, if you're looking from the sideline, sometimes well, why are you that? Why are you that? 
and even amongst the athletes, if you're new to it, you kind of, you know, why are you this, why are you that? But I think most times the assessors get it right. Yeah, there's a few, you know, yeah. inconsistencies yeah. there. It's never going to be 100% perfect, but I think most people find the correct you know, yep. grading for themselves. And and much, most uh, disabilities are individual as well, so, yes. you know, it sort of does uh, make it hard when it comes to grading. Uh, mate, uh, being part of the Jackaroos squad uh, over the last uh, few years or almost uh, seven or eight years. What changes have you seen uh, go through that squad? Well, oh, first of all, um, I've been through two head coaches. So we had the, when I first started, we had the, the great Steve Glasson, legend of Australian bowls. You know, what he hasn't done on the green as a player is not worth talking about. And then he you know, segued into coaching one game and became one of the most successful Australian coaches to go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the advent of COVID, he decided that he wanted to take a step back and pursue other interests. He'd like given 10, 12 years to the national team as a coach at that point. So um, we got the new uh, new head coach, Gary Willis, um, jumped into that role. We've um, Karen Murphy now as an assistant coach, another ex-player. So I've seen a couple of you know, really good people in that role. But, you know, there's also been growth in the squad. You see players go in and out. Like we've had, you know, the great Wayne Rudiger was in the squad when I started. He's since announced his retirement this year. So it's a bit sad that lose the South Aussie out of the squad. But um, I suppose the biggest thing is probably seeing a lot of the, the young and emerging, you know, bowlers getting around, like the likes of Nathan Black, Tyson Wilson, those guys getting opportunities in the like, satellite squads and that to prove their worth in South Australia, which is really good. And I suppose the biggest thing now is that we're, you know, we're tied up the AIS in Canberra now. Yep. Um, it's probably got a lot more professional than it was even when I started. So um, the sport itself has really grown in the high performance space and all that's probably back to, you know, getting results and being a fairly dominant country in that sport. I noticed, uh, obviously, through the advertisement um, of Bowls Australia and, and some of the uh, local affiliations through the state bodies, that the um, uh, the para and the able-bodied uh, athletes, especially for lawn bowls, were very much integrated uh, through Birmingham. Is that correct? Yep. Um, so we all played at the same venue, on the same greens, during and at the same time. So, um, yeah, both both disciplines were going you know, at the same time. Even from the Jackaroo squad point of view, when we when we toured over in Birmingham, the lead up to the Com Games and once we were in the Com Games, we were treated as one big team. There was no differentiation between, oh, you're the Opens and you're the Powers and you're the VIs or whatever it is. It was just one big happy group over there. So from that space, it's it was good. And bowls is probably one of those sports you can really can do that. Um, a lot of us guys in the, in the Power space play able-bodied bowls on a, on a day-to-day basis. That's our bread and butter. We play club pennants against able-bodied players. We play a lot of state events against able-bodied players. And, you know, and some players, such as um, James Reynolds, who's part of the Australian squad now, actually represented ACT in this the Open Sides Championship. So, um, yeah, bowls is one of those sports where anyone can play it just about in terms of that, in that respect. It's a, a good leveller. In that, in that respect as well. And it's a good showcase to have both, you know, the, the physical disabled VIs and, the, you know, just the opens all going at the same time to showcase that, you know, we can all play at that level. I suppose uh, being with some of those uh, um, big names of the sport, I suppose, really does help your game along, uh, being side by side and practising with them and conversing and 
and really picking their brain a little bit on uh, on certain things that you you need to improve on, and and they might be able to help you with, and vice versa. Yes, um, as you said, there's a lot of talent in that squad, and that was another thing about the the Jackery setup was a lot of those players are more than willing to impart their knowledge, and you know some of the great players that you think of in terms of uh, Australian representatives, just you know. Aaron Sheriff in the past, and now he's back in the squad. Like Omar, things he's done on the world world scene and bowls is you know really good. You know Aaron Wilson's a bit of a character disco, mm-hmm. but the way that he applies himself on the green, the way he goes about his craft is, you know, he's a freak. There's, you know, he's you just can't quantify what he does, but it works for him. And then you got you know people like Barry Lester that's up in the Gold Coast who are. Uh, you know, probably the most professional person that I see that just leaves no stone unturned in the way he prepares for things. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of lot of you know things you can cherry pick from everyone. They've all got their their strong points, which makes you know, why they're there. Absolutely. Well. All right, mate. We uh, we better move on to Birmingham. Uh, you had a pretty successful campaign. Um, yeah, tell the listeners what uh, how you, how you got to that point. Obviously, practicing here in Australia, right through to uh, your gold medal match. <laughs> All right, I'll try not to bore them too much. But um, so the journey probably started back in two thousand nineteen. We had a first initial camp over in the UK that I was fortunate enough to go to go on. Now it's a real eye opener for me to you know, go overseas and play in the Northern Hemisphere, which is the conditions are completely different to that. Of Australia, um, but then obviously COVID got in between that, and we probably didn't really get back into serious um, selection slash camps and things like that. Probably mid two thousand and one. So as we're coming out of the COVID bubble and you know interstate borders and that opened up, we we're a little bit free. I think we had our first trial. We had a split trial where some you know, due to border restrictions, I went to Tassie for a trial with some of the Queenslanders and WA players and um, the Victorian New South Wales players ended up being on the border somewhere. Um, and then, so I think that was not November 2001. Then from there, we had another trial January, February up on the Gold Coast where they specifically prepared a green to um, replicate UK conditions, which is really unique. Mm. Um, and we spent a week on, on those greens getting, you know, familiar with the UK style of bowls using you know, UK equipment, you know, modifying actions, things like that to be able to perform on the overseas conditions, which was a real, you know, bit of a interesting headspace to be in because you'd finish there then you have to go back and play penance in Adelaide, which is... <laughs> yeah, you know, running, switching back in. running about seven seconds quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, we had a tour in May of last year, which was the last selection trial before the Com Games where the squad basically got cut, you know, got cut in half from that point. So we had one trial, a two-week tour over there to prove our worth and then got selected off the basis of that. And then we had a what they call the Trans-Tasman. So we played New Zealand back at the same club in Queensland, I think it's Mount Tambourine, that had the Greens prepared for UK conditions and, Glad to say that we whitewashed the New Zealand's team, so we sent a few Kiwis home unhappy, which was good. Mm-hmm. And then three, four weeks later, it was basically off to, off to the off the UK where we were in camp for two and a half weeks before the Com Games, getting ready, and then another week and a half in competition. So um, I, 
my, I think I spent a grand total of two months off work <laughs> in the calendar year last year. So I'm very grateful to the guys at Girls at Fine Design for letting me take the time off. Absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned, COVID was obviously a big thing, but uh, once you sort of got on the greens over there in, in the UK, you guys hit your straps pretty quickly and um, put yourselves in a pretty good position in the end. Yeah, our, our pool games were, 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 were pretty good. Um, we had we had an early loss to England in the pools and a draw a draw against South Africa, but we, our form was going really well. But the, the game that probably highlighted that we you know, really um, had a really good chance is we played Scotland. So the team we ended up playing in the gold medal match. We played them. We play every team in the pool once, a bit like a round robin. Yep. And we beat them in the pool match to make sure that we got into the finals. So that really gave us a lot of confidence going into the finals. And we got drawed England in the semi. So we're playing against England in front of a pretty big crowd and pretty parochial crowd. And, you know, not to say that we played our final on that game, but we played really well. We were very conscious of trying to take the crowd out of the game and you know, you know, keeping them quite early and, Glad to say that we finished that game with an end to go. So we got to really celebrate to get into, you know, win a medal of any colour is good, but to play off for gold is um, something special. But, yeah, and then got to the to the gold medal match and played it in front of a, a bigger crowd uh, with bigger stands, which I've never experienced before. But the whole atmosphere was brilliant. And, um, unfortunately, the Scots were too good for us on the day, but... Um, yeah, very happy to walk away with a silver medal out of it. Mate, uh, you've come a long way since uh, Port Pirie and uh, you've uh, you've done very well and, and represented obviously not only South Australia as a as a para-athlete but uh, also South Australia in general But uh, and, and the sport of lawn bowls. But, uh, mate, congratulations on a fantastic uh, Birmingham uh, Commonwealth Games and, um, mate, we'll see you on the green pretty soon. Yeah, greatly no appreciate it and also just helping you know, educate Myself and our listeners out there. No, no problems. Like I said, if you know anyone that's you know got a bit of a, an element or disability or anything like that, bowls is a really good sport to get involved in. If you want to, yeah, you know, just at a bare minimum, it's a very social aspect. So if someone's you know lacking that you know exposure to a bit of socialism, you know, being social and a club environment, actually one of those sports you can really get in at the ground level regardless of your physical ability. So I'd urge all the listeners, if you know someone that might fall into that category, push them towards the bowls club because they're very inclusive at that rate and, you know, get out and do things. It's it's Yeah, really let's, let's not underestimate the vital part of the of mental health in terms of mixing, doing things and that, you know, that's more important than winning or losing in the end. And, yeah, I think that gets a little bit forgotten at all levels. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, not to derail the conversation too much longer. Like This whole, you know, my condition, which, you know, did have some mental health issues myself when I got diagnosed, it did pull me through that a little bit, that I yeah. still had that sporting outlet to go to that I was still reasonably good at, um, you know, I could have quite easily given up on a few things and, you know, yeah, you, you know, your stuff, your body's going to do this and that and, you know, the future's not bright, but, you know, the old silver cloud to, you know, silver lining to a yes. dark cloud, so to speak, quite literally now with a silver medal. But, it, yeah, 
I can't. I, I'm the same. I can't underestimate the power of just yes. you know that mental well-being, especially when you're going through some you know, life-changing things, so to speak. Very much so. And and clubs are you know clubs, whatever your chosen sport is, are, are great for that. Absolutely. Mate, uh, as you mentioned, um, look on bowls.com.au for your local club if you want to get involved, not only from a, um, a disabled um, point of view, but if you're an able body that just wants a bit of a game of barefoot, bo- barefoot bowls or uh, join into some comp- competition, um, there's a club near you. And, um, mate, we look forward to seeing you out on the green and hopefully um, another chance at a uh, medal at the next Commonwealth Games, mate. Well, four years to work on that one, so fingers crossed. Mate, we'll, uh, we'll track and keep, keep an eye on your progress and hopefully get you back on the show again, mate. No worries. Thanks for your time. Thank you, mate. Greatly appreciated.